glory in the legends of this hard muscle life. And there's poetry in each season made of sweat and strife. But now's the time to work and strain at a sport that tests the spirit and challenges the brain. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Hey, I'd like to have 75 degrees of sunny all the time, too, but that's not football. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? We're going to play it through light and rain. Go face them and fight them. Be savage again. It's that time of year again. NHL playoffs are around the corner, which of course means excitement, fear, misery, and a lot of a lot of scary thoughts. Because Tom is shaking his head at me. Fear, uh, a lot of fear for Thomas. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Put Me in Coach podcast. After an extended break since the last time we talked to you guys was our baseball preview with Uma, which was on a Sunday. It is now two Wednesdays after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, I am Bobby Blanco. Alongside me is Tom Natale. Hello. And Gregory Porter. Hey. And to my left is our special guest, Matt Le- Layton. Did I say that right? Matt Layton? You did, Matt Layton. Happy to be here. Who is um, a good friend of Tom's, who is our, as he calls, our Caps aficionado to give our uh, Caps playoff preview episode. Um, Tom, why don't you take away and let, let people know how you know t- how you know Matt and sure. um, uh, before I how he's credentialed are, too. Don't are, forget that we are missing Ian tonight. Who? Uh, <laughs> he's at work. Oh, halfway. Oh. He's here in spirit and in beer and in beer. Um, Always. Anyways, here. to my right, yes, Matt Layton is a former colleague of mine. Um, he's actually has quite an impressive online presence. Your own YouTube channel? Yes, YouTube. Two twenty five hundred subscribers approximately. Twenty five. When you subscribe, it'll be twenty five and one. Twenty five and one. I already subscribed. Oh. All right. Oh. Well, well, when PMIC gets a YouTube channel and we subscribe to you, it'll yeah. be there. We go. That's there'll be the one. Moving on up. So yeah, I've been working with Matt off and on for God, five years. I would yeah, say. Yeah, five Close years. And uh, anyway, so how'd you go about? I mean, I know you were always good with the camera and all of that editing. Mm-hmm. How did this YouTube channel come to fruition? How would you? So it actually, um, ironically enough, had to do with Capitals Hockey. So I'm not going to say the player's name because that might give away the real estate agent. But long story short, a prominent Capitals hockey player was selling a condo in Arlington. And the agent who does an enormous amount of business was uh, selling his condo and did a video for it. And when he was doing the video, um, you guys saw the scene in Ricky Bobby where Ricky Bobby starts uh, moving his hands where he's like holding a loaf of bread. He's like, his hands are up to his shoulders. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? He might sell $100 million in real estate, but this guy does not know how to shoot a video. So I thought to myself, I can do this 10 times better than him. That was back in 2013. So I did, I did kind of a couple like joke couple like bit videos like <laughs> million dollar listing arlington and but i remember those yeah, yeah so so super if you like look up million dollar listing arlington it, it's maybe maybe make you laugh maybe make you cringe but um did a, a couple in 2013 then really started in 2014 and since then i've put out about 160 videos on arlington virginia real estate neighborhood tips condo secrets real estate vlogs just trying to bring more energy to real estate and just show a little behind the scenes on what what takes place? You can give Matt a follow at the Matt Layton on Twitter and on Instagram. We just follow him on Instagram too. Layton L E I G H T O N at the Matt Layton on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, so how did you become like 
as Tom said, the Caps aficionado. Have you always been a lifelong Caps fan? Did you play hockey growing up? How did that come about? Yeah, absolutely. So my, my first Caps experience was not at Verizon Center, Capital One Arena, whatever. It was, it was at the old U.S. Airways arenas in the mid-'90s. That's how you know you're a real Caps yeah, fan. Yeah, mid-'90s playing against the New Jersey Devils, so you know it would have been like the most boring game ever with the trap style that they played back in the day. So, of course, it was a one to nothing shootout. Uh, excuse me, shut out, Martin Brodeur, uh, shut us out. So that was my first experience maybe back in 95, 96. I started a Caps blog in 2008, ended up writing for a site called thehockeywriters.com. I was the first writer when the website got started. They're, they're, they're growing much bigger now, but I was interviewing guys like Mike Green, former uh, yep. players and yep. coaches like Brian Ingblom. So um, that was my freshman year of college when I was at college in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I don't know if anyone's been to Harrisburg. Pennsylvania, lovely city, very boring to go to college. Yeah. Had had a lot of free time. I feel like I may have been to Harrisburg. All I know is Isn't that, that the capital. Yes. Yeah, there but I know Double A Harrisburg for the Nationals. That's yeah. pretty much all oh, I yeah. know about there. So long story short, I had a ton of free time on my hands. Created a blog, um, loved doing it. Transferred uh, to James Madison University. Go Dukes. You go Dukes. Uh, my free time went by the wayside. So did the blog. So I I kind of took a step back and. Instead of you know being on Twitter and watching the game at the same time, I kind of just say kick my feet up, have a beer while I watch the game. That's that's kind of the approach I took. So it's kind of cool that you took your YouTube channel and like what you like to do in terms of producing and making videos and turned that into a career. That's kind of like what I don't think we're any of us are trying to make this a career. It'd be nice if it turned into it, but like a speaking platform. I wouldn't say I mean, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like that's pretty cool how you just went. Hey, I'm good at this. This is what I want to do. Uh, I can. You basically took two parts of your life, you know, real estate and then video making it combined into one, and that's how you, you know, pretty much kickstart your own little personal business or your own career. Right. Exactly. I mean, why would anyone want to work with me as a real estate agent? So my, my <laughs> exact because I mean, you're competing with people that are 30 years into the industry. Yeah. But my goal is when they visit um, the internet, YouTube is the second most visited site on the internet. Why is no one marketing there? Why aren't people putting YouTube videos out on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? So yeah. that's what I've been doing for the past couple of years. You know, he had a client. I was so jealous when we were working together. Fred Smoot. Smoot. He found Fred Smoot Fred in the apartment. Smoot. Hey, man. And then oh, he, you made a video with him. And I'm like, I called. I was like, oh, my God. This apartment is the best yeah. apartment I've ever seen. <laughs> that, that was a funny story. I, I listed this place on Craigslist of all places. That's where he called me. He's like, Man, I want to see this apartment. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, what's your name? He's like, my name's Fred. All right, what's your, what's your last name? Smoot. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. you can cuss. Okay, you can cuss. cuss. It's like, yeah, holy yeah. shit. So we we saw the place the next day. This dude pulls up. It was kind of like a shitty part of Arlington. I, I know that may sound like an oxymoron, but it was like not the greatest part, but he pulls up in this sick like F-150, hops out because it was like Kevin Hart like jumping out of like, a, <laughs> yeah, like an 18-wheeler. back. So he walks up. I'm like, are you Fred? Like, there would be anyone else. Like, I know who Fred's is. <laughs> but he was like a super chill guy. Like, what you see is what you get. Like, the, the person you see on TV, that's who Fred Yeah, Smith I can is. imagine. So. He's, I love Fred. I've loved him on the radio. I used to listen Bobby to him. Bobby does a really good Fred Smith I'm impression. trying to do it right now, but I'm going to put it on the spot. Like, these apartments are some of the best apartments. You don't get these kind of apartments down in Mississippi. Yeah, when he talks about barbecue. Oh, he, lo yeah, he loves talking about <laughs> Carolina barbecue is nothing on Mississippi barbecue. Let me tell you what. That's my friend. That's pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. I that just love listening because I love, I mean, because he was one of the few guys like, I, I don't think, 
I don't think I had turned on to the, the – I don't. I never really turned on the fan for post-game Redskins game. I would always go to 980. That's like the only time I listen to 980 is post-game True. because of Fred Smoot. I really loved how he broke down the game because he kind of has that Chris Cooley eye where he's been in that locker room. He's played with these guys. You know, he's still fresh enough where – well, back then, he was still fresh enough where he knew some of the players. So he knew how they thought and the coaches, the thought process and plays. So I really liked how he broke down the game. But then also he was going random tangents about barbecue and how Mississippi was better. It's his personality, right? Has made him made who he is, right? And that's kind of like the personality you need, kind of have to be to be a cornerback. And you know, I always loved Fred when he was here. Yeah, I'm sad when he went to the Vikings. He Um, came back. He did. And then he actually they put up that short Barstool put up that short about the uh, love boat. They made a documentary about um, Fred Smoot rented a, a boat on the Minnetonka River or lake, whatever, one of the Great Lakes in Minnesota. Really? And they had like a orgy. That sounds like Fred. Yep. classic Fred. Yep. What do you expect? Um, okay, so the Capitals, back to the ice. Uh, they fear. A lot of fear. So you want to start there? Because they've locked up another division championship, banner, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, and is it any more sweeter that they did it against the Penguins in Pittsburgh? I mean, I think that's kind of cool, although – I mean, I, I, I did, did you guys see that? Because that was Ovi's 1,000th game. Yeah. Did you guys see the one fans? Congrats, Ovi, 1,000 games, zero yeah. cups. Saw that. I wanted to punch that kid straight in the face. Mm, very Look clever. at Tom getting – Tom's yeah. shaking. Tom is so mad. I think it's just underrated how stressful April is for us. It's Cause, very Because we shocking. have the Caps playoffs, we have the Wizards playoffs, and then baseball just starts up. Baseball so just I'm starts up. Out. And oh. well, it also starts before that because you got March Madness. Typically, the Terps would be in it. Yeah. And then I, I don't. You guys, you guys like golf? I don't know, but you don't care about the Masters. Okay, I care about the Masters. But then you go into baseball and um, and then hockey and basketball playoffs, and it's just all the way through June. So it's just a very stressful time of year for everybody. Yeah. So right now, th- this is going to be a bit of a challenging episode because we do not know who the Capitals are going to play for sure. Correct. So if the playoffs started today, they would play either the Flyers or Devils. Is that correct, guys? I think if it started today, they would play the Devils. They play the Devils. That's, okay. I'm looking at ESPN's uh, current playoff matchups. As of right now, they play the Devils. And in the standings, the Devils are only, let's see, they got 95. They're only a point ahead of the Flyers with three games to play. I, the Devils have oh, two games remaining, sorry. And the Flyers have, uh, where are the Flyers? Flyers also have two games remaining. So it's close. It's okay. close. Um, and the Devils, I think their last game is also here against the Capitals on Saturday. Wow. So that's right. it doesn't mean anything for us, but it means probably means the world to them. Sure. So Flyers, they get Carolina out of the playoff picture. Rangers out of the playoff picture. Uh, while the Devils get two playoff teams. So the Devils have been streaking. They're on fire right now. But in terms of strength of schedule, Philly might have the advantage. But uh, New Jersey's a much better team. So who would you rather face? Who would I? Ra- well, I, I would obviously rather face. Or who Phil- do the Capitals? Who would the Capitals rather face? Who do, who do you match up better with? Uh definitely, definitely Philadelphia. Okay. Just from the the past month, New Jersey's just been on fire. They've won six of the last seven. Taylor Hall has single handedly like dragged them out of the depths of mediocrity into the playoff picture. He is most likely my MVP candidate. Maybe the, one of the top two guys. He basically has a fifty point differential until the next highest point scorer. Wow. Which you just don't see. He's got 93 points. Nico, he wow. sure has maybe 53. It's incredible what he's been able to do. So I think w- with the combination of uh, Taylor Hall up front with Kyle Palomari and Keith Kincaid, by the way, DC's not the only place with the goalie controversy. Keith Kincaid has taken over for 
Corey Schneider, who the Devils thought were, was going to be their amazing goaltender of the future. He got injured, missed 20 games. Keith Kincaid has filled in amazingly. So um, the Devils are streaking right now. Philadelphia, not so much. I think that's a team that the Capitals match up a lot better. They've had a lot of questions on on defense and on goalie. Peter Mrazek has been playing mediocre, so I, I would much rather play the, the Flyers. I'm, I'm so sick of Philly. Uh, is anyone else just like I would love to play Philly and just knock them out, sweep them in the first round? I am so like congrats Nova, congrats what Eagle. I'm I'm done. You're, you guys are done. You guys, you have your happiness. You're done for the next fifty years until I die. You're done. Speaking of you know goalie controversies, um, this is something I never thought would happen. With NBC? Braden Holby, yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought we had Braden Holby was what the two time Vesna Award winner. He's he's won it, I believe, once. Once, okay, yeah. Well, last year. Yeah. So reigning Vesna yeah. trophy winner. Wow. And he had like historic regular season goalie numbers yeah, last year. And now he's essentially been unseated, but it's it's not shocking to me because in my mind, Philip Grubauer has been a number one goalie for two and a half, maybe even three years. I mean, we saw he even filled in in the uh, New York Islanders series when Holpe was uh, sick or injured a few years back and, yep, and yep, won that game. That so. Game. Um, so in my mind, I had thought Las Vegas was going to take Philip Grubauer and the Capitals still would have had Nate Schmidt. I think a lot of Caps fans wish that expansion draft had gone differently. I'm, but, one, I, I'm one of them, but convince me differently. Yeah, no. I mean, Philip Grubauer, he, his save percentage is at 925, which is tops in the league. Uh, I'm just looking at my notes here. Holtby's save percentage is 39th in the league among the likes of Robin Leonard, Tristan Jari and Anton Forsberg. Does anyone know who those three guys play for? Never. Have you ever know. heard of those names? Before? No, sir. Okay. So it, it's weird because on the one hand, how short of a leash do you give Philip Grubauer, who's my game one starter? Really? Uh, you know, in the DC media, the second Grubauer lets in a, a quick goal or the yep. second you start yep. Holtby and they score, you know, I'll take the kid out. So, so they're in like a no lose situation, but just looking at the stats, Grubauer has just been so yeah. much better. Here's some more stats. So since Thanksgiving, Philip Grubauer is 15-4-2 with an NHL best 940 save percentage, league leading 1.84 goals against average. He's also posted three shutouts and ranked second in quality start percentage among goalies with 30 or more appearances. In short, since Thanksgiving, that is what you say. That is a hot hand. He's been the best goalie in the NHL since Thanksgiving. What's the difference between him and Holtby? In terms of how they play? Yeah. Is there... I don't know, actually. I, 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 yeah. Because uh, I, I've seen them both make flashy saves. I mean, they both have the pizzazz, I guess, as a goalie. I think they obviously both hold the skill set. Matt just said that we basically have two number one goalies. Philip Grubauer could be the number one goalie anywhere else. Probably. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if I can answer that question with, with yeah, the differences. Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit. I mean, I think you saw early on in Holpe's career in like 2012 where he's kind of all over the place, always leaving the crease. He's kind of toned that back a little bit with the help of Mitch Korn and now the, the new goalie coach um, to be a little more fundamentally sound. Philip Grubauer is not flashy at all. He um, he just stands in the crease. He makes a save he's supposed to, to, to make. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, he, he gets the job done. So I, I can't speak too much to the styles, but... Um, but but yeah, that's that's. I actually I do give credit to Holby to begin with because you know this is someone that is, you know, considered one of the best goalies in hockey, and he's actually taken this, if you want to call it devotion, in stride. Yeah. Well, if he is complaining, it's it's in house. It's not 
is not leaking out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes back to some of the culture because you've seen a lot of turnover in the Capitals organization. And there's only been a few guys. Uh, the, the first one that comes to me is maybe uh, Ribeiro from oh, 2013. Yeah. There, there haven't been cancers in the locker room. Semen was always... Exactly. I mean, you see guys like TJ Oshie, like Tom Wilson, Jay Beagle. And I mean, that only translates... You want to win at the end of the day, but you don't want a bunch of assholes in the locker room that are always fighting each other egos either. Pittsburgh. We won't touch on that because that game pissed me off so much. Evgeny Mokin. Porter, you've been a Grubauer guy for a while now, haven't you? Or... Were you still kind of backing Holby? I think that basically hockey is one of the few things, and especially goalie in that position, where you know there's not a whole lot of success in football where you just kind of change up the quarterback and you're like, well, let's just see what happens here. Goalie is a completely different scenario in which that that person has been between that five feet for the last 20 years of their life and knows that position, especially at the professional level, Backwards and forwards. And when you get into situations where they've either, you know, I think goalies are, are certainly susceptible to having a run of, like, just shit play, uh, being run down, being tired, being mentally just, like, you know, not in it, whatever. But when you have someone like uh, the two of them, and especially Grimbar uh, training under him for all that time and as good as he was even when we got him, I just feel like why not give him a shot? Why not see what he can do when he comes in there? And if he's playing well, let him continue to play well. Give him, give him the opportunity to do so. I think there's a little bit more politics that are involved in that because of it, because it is just you know, Brendan Holpe. But yeah, it sounds like a, a goalie kind of reminds me of a closer in baseball. Yeah, I was going to compare they, it to pitching too. Yeah, so where I mean, it's an individual, individualistic position. You know, all all eyes are on you when someone's shooting at you, and there's, there's going to be times where you know a fortuitous. Puck goes between the legs, something like that, and they just kind of have to take it in stride. They're, they're ceremonial. They're, they're the uh, unofficial captain of the team. They're, they're greeted yeah, every a, time that you start. They're, right. they're, there's a reason they lead the team out of the locker room. There's right. a reason they're the first to skate off right. after the last it's practice. It's an incredibly important position. The team, after a win, goes and hugs the goalie, not right. you know so, go through the line. You said important position, and I, I, I'm a novice hockey fan compared to you two, Greg and Matt. Thank um, you. <clears throat> it's uh, is that is the goal, is goalie the is being is the goalie the most important position in playoff hockey? I would say so. It's one of them, if not the first or second. Yeah, without a doubt, because yeah. it it dictates the tempo of the entire game. It dictates the attitude of the entire game. If you have a goalie that's all over the place and is getting, you know. Even if there's like 30 shots on net and he's still blocking all of them, that means your defense is doing garbage and you're not helping them at all during that time period. So it's the dynamic of the team can change by, you know, how that's, you know, being played out. It's, yeah, I mean, goalies steal a series. I mean, the, 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 we, we know. Yeah, we, yeah. we, 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 we don't need know. to go back to all, all the reminders. I don't even need to mention it. But, um, I mean, we just see what like eight, like even Nashville last year uh, against Chicago in the first round. Chicago, the Blackhawks, they won their division. By a lot, and then they just got swept by Nashville, who ended up making it to the um, to the Stanley Cup Finals because Pekarene is amazing. So, hot goalies can still still steal series, and I you know you, you got to choose one, right? 
if you have two goalies, right? If you have two quarterbacks, right? You, yeah. you probably have none. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what happens when you pull the hook on one? You, you probably can't go back to the other. Right. So that's that's going to be a, a, a tough call for for Trotch and the coaching staff to make. So that I think that's like my. There's so many parts of this debate in terms of who you're going to start because it's almost like who would take it worse not starting? You know, like who who would take being quote unquote benched in stride, like Tom said, and like, you know, if had to be called upon, would be able to come out and, and perform well and not and one be of these, bummed down. One of these guys isn't going to be on the roster next year. Right. They can't keep both of them. Yeah, or should Gr- they? Grubauer is a restricted free agent. So, I mean, this could be a tryout for him. Who knows? Yeah. And, and, but on the flip side, what if Grubauer starts the playoffs, takes the caps to the, the Stanley Cup finals, faces the, Golden Knights, which would be hilarious. Um, wow. And then you know, then you're like, then you're thinking, okay, are we really? We're gonna have to give up Braden Holpe because we're gonna yep. go with Grubauer now. Yeah. Um. So, but I, I, it's definitely a tough, I guess, uh, question for Barry Trotz and Co. to to figure it out. And something tells me they don't even know yet. There's still two games to play. Are they gonna split the last two games? You think? Uh, I I believe Holtby has um has the next game. And I'm I'm not too sure. Either way, I hope that the last two games do not decide who's the star. Like I hope at this point you've already figured out. I understand they've been going back and forth, they've been switching off. But if you're waiting for game 81 and 82, which by the way you've already linked up, uh, locked in your spot. Right, they don't matter. So I, I hope the coaching staff. I, I and I'm confident that they've already come up with their game one starter. I'm. I would say so too. Yeah, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say they throw Hopi out there. Really? I'm. I just. I know Gruyere's been hot. I just don't. I mean, if, if this is just 100 personally me. I. I just think it's it's Braden Hopi. He, but he's definitely has a shorter leash than he's ever had before. Like, is it because of his experience? I guess. I mean, we. It's also bizarre because we've seen Braden Hopi have great playoffs. Like two years ago, he had a fanta- fantastic playoffs. The offense didn't do anything, and then last year it was the complete reverse. The offense. You know, could score at will, but Braden was letting everything in. So, which was weird, also because after it was after his historic, you know, uh, season, mm-hmm. regular season. So, um, I'm gonna say Braden starts game one, whatever whoever that may. It also, does it depend on matchups at all. Do you think at all? Like if if it's the Devils or the Flyers, no, that that won't depend. Maybe if you take a look at the bottom uh, two lines or maybe the the last D pairing, you might have one or two guys. But for the most part. You're you're starting the best goalie. Okay. Yeah. And is there anything? And this is tail, kind of tailing back a little bit, but is, is it because during the regular season when Holpe was struggling and Grubauer was playing so well, there was a lot of talk that you know it's everyone was pointing. I guess if you want to call them Holpe defenders, but they're pointing to like, well, the defense isn't playing in front of him. Was there any substance to that point? But was the defense really not playing that well in front of? Not. I'm not saying they did it on purpose, but was it? That right. the defense wasn't playing well in front of when Holpe was in, and then they just maybe were ticked off and played better when Grubauer was in. Yeah, I I think it's a combination. It, it 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 not so much of the defense is playing a certain way depending on who the goalie is, but at the same time, I think the Caps went out and acquired two defensemen for a reason because one the the defense is, was not playing up to par, and maybe Correct. still uh there's they're still trying to work out the the final pairing. I I think there's. I think Jews and maybe Yerbeck are competing for the final spot there. And then two, you know, when they're going around the defenseman, um, Holpe's not making the saves that he's accustomed to make. I can't recall. I've been watching the past couple of games on replay, and 
his blocker side is just extremely susceptible in the seven hole when a, a player is skating across the rink. So um, I think it's a combination of both. Hmm. Something to, look, something to look at. I think it's definitely too that they're the Caps. One of their weaknesses for a, for a while, at least the last couple of years, um, which has been kind of amazing considering their success, is that the defense lack of aggressiveness on the crease and not, I guess you know, a lot of those garbage goals are, are kicking kicking defenders off um, off in front of uh, getting in the way of the goalie. Um, I feel like that could have been. And should be better than what it has been in the past. Um, I see that when I when I watch games and I see that that's like one of yeah. the first things I think of as a defenseman is like that. What the fuck are you yeah. doing? That gets him more frustrated. Than I, nobody, nobody Got ever a, was going to sit on that right. crease and block the goal. Like no, right. I'm hitting you in the back of your right. hip. I'm I'm kicking my skate back behind you and moving yeah. forward. Basically doing everything I could possibly do without calling a penalty. Right. But you're not going to just sit there on the crease, easy breezy, right. waiting for the dump pass um, and and the garbage goal off a blocker. Like fuck that. Yeah, I, I think the there's moment a moment it's hit anywhere near in that person's direction, I'm cross checking the shit out of them. As you should. And I think there's a lot of Orpic haters out there. I was once, and I still kind of am. But there's no one else on the Caps I, quite like Orpic that will just completely wreck anyone that's standing on top of the crease. And the dude averages. 19 minutes per game of ice time. He plays crucial, yep. shorthanded minutes. Now, I'm not saying, you know, over overwork the dude. And I, I there are situations where I, I do not feel comfortable seeing him out, him out on the ice. But a lot of the, especially in the playoffs, when we, we have these one-goal games. Yeah, they're um, garbage goals. They're garbage Every goals time. right on uh, the front of the crease. Yeah. So the, the crease movers like Orpic are extremely valuable. Yeah. Let's move on to the, uh, I guess, that last final spot. Um, these two guys... Just because I'll be honest, I don't, I know Juice, and but I'm not familiar with the other guy you're talking about, and I know that they're all I basically know is that they're they're battling for this last spot on the blue line um, for the, yeah. the playoffs. So can you just maybe break down each of them and what you know what their strengths and weaknesses are, and then Absolutely. who do you think is going to make it? Yeah, well, I, I think um, I think Juice is going to be the odd man out. Reason being is. Um, he, he's he's just a little unpolished. He's not he's not quite there yet with his possession. I think I don't think the, the coaching tr- staff trusts him at this point. There's a couple things in his game, especially in the defensive zone, getting the puck out, making the the smart play that he still still needs to work on as a puck moving defenseman. He kind of reminds me of Orlov in a sense, not as skilled as him, but has the offensive prowess. But you put a, a young guy, offensive minded defenseman, in the playoffs, and depending on the situation he might uh, get himself into a hot spot. So um, for that reason, I like uh, Yerbeck on the, the, the back line Yerbeck. there, the, the third line there of the defensive pairing. The dude's got four points, I think, in his last 10 or, or six games maybe. And um, he's, he's a good stalwart back there. So that's, that's my, my choice. So like, so you were saying that, because just, just from now when you're talking about Jews, it kind of reminded me of like um, Mike Green. Like a yeah. defenseman who who could score, but then once you got on the defensive side of the rink, he was kind of exactly. Porter hated Mike Green. He was all right. <laughs> Offensive minded defenseman. There were some yeah. rumors of Green back to uh, DC. I, I saw that because he bought a house in DC. Did you see that? Uh, I, I, I didn't see that. No. I definitely saw that. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> a, a little bitter. He didn't. Re- <laughs> he didn't watch my YouTube and reach out to me. Yeah, so he bought a. He recently bought a house in D- or was it apartment building or a house? It was a uh, a row home. A in row, maybe Adams Morgan or yeah. Calorama. Yeah, which was 
I don't know. Is he planning to retire here or something? I don't know. But that's kind of like added fuel to the fire that yeah. he might come back to DC. I'm actually looking at um, our matchups with the Devils in Philly this year. Okay. So we went. Well, we haven't played the Devils for the fourth time yet. Right. So we've gone Saturday. Uh, we've been two. We've won two, lost one. Um, we won the first two game, first two matchups, five to two, both times. Then lost four to three at New Jersey most recently. Um, Philly, we've lost three out of four. Eight to two, two to one, six to three, and we won once at home, five to three. I'm, and that was the most recent one. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like Matt was saying earlier, the Devils have found a way. They they fixed what their problems were earlier in the season. Right. Because we dominated them essentially in those first two games. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. It's like especially in in the NFL or even college basketball when you're trying to compare um, college matchups and then looking back, or excuse me, playoff matchups and then looking back on head to head comparisons. You know, are college basketball teams the same team in early November as they are in late March? Probably not. So the same way the Devils aren't the same team they were in early October compared to, um, you know, mid-April. Yeah. And, uh, Tom, I was listening to Chase Hughes' uh, Wizards tip-off podcast, and they were talking about five reasons why Wizards fans shouldn't panic for the playoffs, huh. which which – um, the PMIC Wizards playoff preview will come next week. But he mentioned that back in 2015, uh, in the regular season, the Wizards were swept by the Raptors. And then what did we do in the playoffs? We swept them in four straight games. So I think there's something to be said. Like Teams are definitely changing. I mean, it's an 82-game schedule. I mean, teams are definitely going to change differently. When was the last time we played the Devils? Do you have the date on, on that? Because we do play them again on Saturday, but I'm just wondering. Because I I do definitely recall playing the Flyers recently. Yes. So we played the last time we played the Devils was, oh, that's New York. I keep on seeing. NJ. And New Jersey. That was a while ago. Yeah. So Saturday might be interesting in the sense that we're we're going to see the Devils as they are now mm-hmm. in terms of because yeah. we because we haven't played them in a while. But are we expected? You think the Caps? You think Trotz will take a, a rest them? They are going to plan on resting a few guys, guys like T.J. Oshie, guys like uh, Jay Beagle, who might be a little bit dinged up. I'm hearing reports that Ovechkin is day to day. His whole career, he's been day to day. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to play. But um, earlier, I I caught myself saying that the Caps have two games left with nothing to play for. Well. I guarantee you the bottom six forwards and half the defensemen have something to play for for the Caps, and even the goalies are trying to prove themselves. So thinking that they're going to take these last two games off, one against the Devils, who are going to be in the playoffs, and two against the um, maybe one of the best teams in the league, the Nashville Predators, uh, they're they're not going to take those games off, and they're definitely going to be showing up to to those games. Um, And Florida's technically still in it too. They're only four points behind, and they've got three games left. Um, trailing the uh, the Devils and and the Flyers. I guess that means Florida's playing tonight. Um, if they got three games left, I can't see the schedule. Oh, it's right here. Sorry. Oh, no, they're not. But okay. So how about Thursday? Tomorrow night's actually a huge a huge night because outside of the Capitals, who were they're going to play? Um, the Blue Jackets are hosting the Penguins, and that is essentially basically for home ice in the first round because that's going to be their first round matchups. Sure. Because uh, it's that's going to be for second place in our division. And whoever gets second is going to help. What seed are the Caps in this 
upcoming playoff. The, Has that been determined? The two. They're going to be the two. Two seed? Okay. Yeah, because I think Boston's going to win Not that the conference. And that's what's amazing, so much fun about playoff hockey, where you know NBA can be Where very, it doesn't make any sense. It's very much predictable, where NHL, it, you've seen eight seeds advance to the Stanley Cup many times. Yeah. So yeah. It's, but the... Ske- but the not scheduling. The format makes no sense. Like, the format is terrible. Yeah. So an eight seed, yeah, congratulations, but have a different format for them to get there. Right. Sure. It's, I mean, what's the, what's the point of, because the past two seasons it's been the Capitals and the Penguins, the best two teams in hockey, and they're playing each other in the second round. Like that should be the Eastern Conference Finals every year. And the NHL is really is doing themselves a disservice, right? By like who, having that. Yeah. I mean, I'll grant it. What was the Blue Jackets last year? Who gave them a good run in the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah. Yes. But, you know, I think everyone that Caps Penguins here, granted, it ended horribly for us, but it was a great series. And you want that to be deciding the, the conference, not, I don't know. And also two major markets, Columbus versus DC. I mean, yeah. I think so it's a I, I, I have some big picture questions for you guys. And because we've had this conversation before, we are now in a decade of this Caps playoff run with the Alex Ovechkin era. And. You know, when you say DC sports, when you talk about the curse, when I have all my rules here on the wall, the first thing you typically think of is the Capitals and everything that hasn't happened. So I guess my question, in these past 10 years, what has gone wrong specifically? What has prevented this team from getting over this hump? Because, I mean, the, the process has not come to fruition yet. I think my personal opinion, and I think it's the difference between a lot of, like, if you compare us just strictly with Pittsburgh, just use that as a sample size. I mean, there's there's plenty of other, I mean, like, you're, what makes the, uh, the Knights and uh, the Predators so dangerous um, is their speed, and, and definitely uh, Vegas, um, they're both similar in age as far as their roster, aren't they? I think Vegas is probably a little younger at this point, too, though, because they're expansion team, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like the Capitals have always been a technical type of team. They've always been, hey, let's take the shot from the outside. Let's do this, you know, three-pass kind of game. Let's do these scheduled plays. Let's make this, you know, this is our plan, you know, plan of attack A when we when we break down the ice. When you look at teams like Pittsburgh, who has a lot of very talented scorers, just like we do, and we have the same type of talent that they've got, but they are significantly more aggressive when it comes to going down the ice, getting that first person to hit on the pads. Mm-hmm. It is specifically to hit the goalie in the pads so he can't stop the puck and the person following up behind them, which is a defenseman's nightmare, as you have two people coming down staggered, you know already what they're going to do. So you try to get in the way so that they don't get a clean shot so at least it ricochets somewhere else. And we don't, we don't do that. Or at least that's not what I've seen in in regular play. I mean, they certainly do do that from time to time, but having more of an attack mentality, and also it'd be nice if you know uh, Oves can play defense every once in a while. But you know, yeah, I, I think to Porter's uh, first point there, uh, the Caps have been uh, caught flat-footed. You know, we'll get to Game Three, and all of a sudden they're down two to one, and the adjustments aren't being made. Like even you saw last year against Toronto. The kids for Toronto just came out flying, and all of a sudden the Caps were caught off guard. You know, on the day-to-day grind of the regular season, there isn't really that much kind of – well, there is strategy, but you can't really game plan for the same team as you would if you're playing them four, five, six, seven times in a row. I I think 
at, at a certain sense, the coaching comes into it, and you got to have um, better coaching that, that's more adjusted. You can't just say, okay, this is what's got us to this point. Let's keep doing this. It's got to be a game-by-game game and even lineup-by-lineup lineup, um, type decision. For me, I think, well, I look back at the early Ovechkin years, and like that was a young team. We used our speed. We were always fat. It was Ovechkin, Salmon, and Backstrom, and even Green, Greeny. Yep. Who was just fat? They would during the regular season, especially that one year where they won the first time they won the President's Trophy. They were just flying by guys. They and, I always they reminded me of the early Phoenix Suns days. The one that they were like the trendsetters in what today's NBA is. Yeah, exactly. right. And yep. but playoff hockey. I mean, I think hockey and baseball are like the two sports where the playoff version of the sport is so much different than the regular season version of the sport. One hundred percent. And that just doesn't play. And and you know, it took a couple of years for us to make that adjustment, and because. And, and for Alex Ovechkin to make that adjustment, I think he's actually credited Barry Trotz a lot for changing the right. way he plays and adjusting in order to fit that style of playoff hockey. What do you mean? Adam Oates did a great job with Alex Ovechkin. Adam Oates? Mm. Um, so it's been a kind of adjustment. And we saw last year against – because Toronto looked like a, a younger version of the Capitals, basically. Yes, they did. Exactly. And we beat them. We beat them in six. And they just don't play – they didn't play the right way. Now I'll be curious to see how they play this year. Um but I think it's been a lack of, you know, they've been criticized for a lack of physicality at times. Obviously, a lack of defense for a long time. Aggressiveness. They did not play. They didn't have the right defense or the right personnel maybe on the blue line for a long time. Um, you know, and then, like like you said, hockey is weird in the playoffs. Like, you need fortuitous bounces. You need a hot goalie. You need a hot score. I mean, Ovechkin can only do so much. And he's kind of like, well, actually, I've. I would say Bryce Harper's more like him because Ovechkin's at times seems like he's the only one to show up during the playoffs. I mean, he's the only one out there trying and scoring and shooting. Everyone's kind of just going through the motion, and it's like that's what's the most frustrating part about it. Yeah, well, in the 82-game schedule, right? and there's a part of you're on cruise control for a lot of that. You know, sometimes 70% 70 still gets you there. The playoffs, it's a completely different atmosphere. I would say that what I've noticed is let's say they go down two goals. And as a fan, we're allowed to say this because we're fans. But you can even just see it in the, the I feel like the uh, the aura about this team when something goes wrong, it's here we go again. Here we go. Yeah, it is. Here we go again. I and will. It's infectious, and it's happened ten years in a row now. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go no, ahead. no, no, no. I was I was interrupting you. Um, I, was, I would say that that when you're in the third period and you've got you're down by two. And there's maybe like ten minutes left. That's in a fucking eternity, and it is it is draining to see that scoreboard because you think of how hard it was just to get to that point the last two periods, and now you need to condense all of that in the next ten minutes after you're dead tired and skating your ass off. Like it's it's really hard to come back from that, and that's why that defensive or that aggressiveness on defense and that sense of urgency and speed, um, you know, and, and wanting to play better defense in my opinion like that's that's what i'm critical of because that's what i know about and when i see them do like the high school type of dump pass hockey and line changes that take close to a minute and a half to two minutes with people out on the ice just like it's 60 seconds tops get off the ice and to to that point tom i think that's why i think that's why last year for me was the most frustrating and really 
pissed me off. I mean, I was mad at the end of the cap season last I, year. I, I've never seen so many people devastated. And I did not look ever. forward to the start of the season for that reason. I was like, I'm just, I just, I was almost, I think I said even on this podcast, I was like, I'm, I just can't do it anymore. I can't do it. Be, but because last and year was supposed to. it again. Well, here we go. <laughs> here we go again. Last year was like, that was the year it was supposed to happen because mm-hmm. it was the right team. It was the right coach. They had the right personnel there, played the right way. They, round they, one. Good on defense. Good, good on de- Round one, they did what they're supposed to do. They took care of um, a, a talented young team, but they were the better team. They took care of them on the road. Yes, Ovechkin got hurt, but he came back and healthy. And then, like you said, about we were talking about the here we go again mentality. Like They went down 3-1 to the Penguins. And everyone in this town said, here we go again. No one gave them a chance, and they came back, dominated game, completely blew them out of the, the rink, game six, forced a game seven. And I think game seven was the most frustrating part. You lose 2 nothing. You don't even score in game seven after you were just been – you just clawed your way back into the series. It's almost like they just—it's that hope thing again. They just it, gave us hope and they just ripped it away. It's—it's it's a confidence thing too, because you know when I see teams like the Penguins or are, are just teams that are always in it, that are always good, regardless of the sport. There's just there's no worry. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're yeah. down a goal. Yeah. Something we got a bullshit call by the referee or whatever. That's okay. No well, they'll deal. bitch and complain, but then they'll keep. They'll. Oh yeah. They'll, but they'll play. keep going. Um, and it just feels like that the the. You always say this, and I know it's so, I feel like, I wish I could come up with a better word to describe it, but it's you hear it, every playoff says you need it. Yeah. Capitals don't have it. Yeah. DC Sports doesn't have it. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. It's, it's many things. It's yeah. it's the hot goalie. It's, it's the right defenders. It's the right coach. It's lucky. It's luck. I'm so scared. One week. We're one week away from the start of the playoffs. Tom, have you ever been confident for like a DC sporting event? No. Silly question, man. Never. Silly question. Why would I ever be confident? Look at the rules. I can't read those. I'll I'll, I'll explain later. Okay. (laughs) Zero fun, sir. Read number four. Playoffs are for sadness. It's true. Yep, and we're not even and and (laughs) and Tom's like we're not even talking about the Wizards. We're not even talking about wait till we talk about the Wizards. Tom's gonna literally cry on this on this podcast. Um, all right, prediction time. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going with Porter too. That's kind of like my Cup. prediction for the Nats. Like, wh- why not? I mean, we at this point we kind of all expect them to lose anyway. So why not just pick them to win it? Not I, Who sir. Cares? Not I, sir. They are winning it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Well, okay. What's sorry? Continue with your prediction. Well, or, or, do you want to go? Do you want to go prediction or do you want to go would getting to the Eastern Conference Championship or Eastern Conference Finals make this season a success or a quote a success? Matt, go ahead. No. What's Uh, a success? What's a happy ending for you? Well, that's the wrong way to put it. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What deems this season a success? Stanley Cup. Get your mind on the gutter. So even if you make the Stanley Cup and lose it, it's still not it's Stanley Cup champions. I, I think there's maybe a handful of I mean all thirty what, thirty one, thirty whatever, thirty teams plus um they're all trying to win the cup. There might be like two or three teams that are just happy to be in the dance, right? But for most teams if like they're not San Jose. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the other way. <laughs> yeah. I mean if but if you're not trying to win the cup then then what are you? Why are you? What are we doing? Yeah. What What are we doing? What are we happy because we got to the conference finals? It's like, I, oh my god, we got out of the second round. I guess my my question more so tailors to the fact that no DC 
sports team out of the four sports has made a conference final. Only Dude. one has since 92. And that was the Caps who got swept in the Stanley Cup Finals in 98. I guarantee you Evgeny Kuznetsov like, does not give a shit about that. I, so, no, I don't. Like, the I fan. know he doesn't. I do. Yeah. So <laughs> I would like to make a Eastern Conference Finals. That would be fun for me. The third round? It would be historic. You, how do you get to a third round? It, it, okay. I'm doing a bit. I know Sorry. you're doing a bit. It would be historic, though. But seriously, like, this is this is it's, this is what we talk about all, all the time when this topic comes up. We've never made a conference or league mm-hmm. finals, championship game, championship series, whatever you want to call it. And I just think if they get over that hump, they could be the team to finally just go and just win yeah. it. Yeah, the thing about the Caps this year is they're they're not the best team. They're they might not even be like a top. They might be like the fifth best team, maybe the fourth best team. But you know what? Last year Chicago was the best team. Look yeah. what happened to them. They got swept in the first round. What's cool about the NHL playoffs is you don't have to be the best team. You have to be the best team for one and a half months. You yep. you just need to go on a, a nice little heater. You have to be the best team for sixteen games. Exactly. So with with zero expectations, with no pressure. Uh, very little pressure. They're, Without the president's trophy, they, raise they've above, won raise the, the Metropolitan Championship, and no one seems to care. I th- I think that's a good accomplishment. Like I know people are like, oh my gosh, no one gives a shit until they're in the playoffs. I like, what's the alternative? Like I'm happy that they won the the like. This is a, a very competitive league. Like that's I'm, another championship. I'm right there with you, man. I mean, I'm, I get. I'm, I know I'm, I sound like I'm bitching and complaining, but the alternative is so much worse. Like. Not having a good hockey team would suck. I'm not taking for granted what this team has done over the last 10, 10 years, this last, the last decade. Consistent playoff appearances, consistent division wins, consistent. Uh, we they're, missed the they're playoffs in the conversation. once in 10 years? And once. I right. think it was, what, 2014? Right. Yeah. Adam, Adam Oates Adam last Oates. year. Yeah. So I'm not taking that for granted. I would always rather this than the uh, the alternative in terms of being a bad and never making the playoffs. Right. Um. But at the same time, when you have this string of success, and if this is being picky or nitpicking, so be it. But if you have this long term of success and you only make it so far every time, it's just like, oh, come on. Like, it's extremely, what are we doing? It's extremely it's draining. disappointing. Because you'll see one team that'll Bryce have a, a flash in the pan, make it to the Stanley Cup finals, or even win the Stanley Cup, like maybe Carolina back in, what, 2006, oh, yeah. and then just go right back to the cellar. It's like, well, guess what? They still have a cup. And, and the capstone. Yeah, I'd rather win one championship and suck for the next 10 years. It's all right, guys. We're going to win. It's going to happen. So, okay, well, that's that's my next question. What's different about this team than years past? Why do they... Maybe why, the fact... Why, why do they, why could they, how can they win a Stanley Cup? I think, like Matt said, maybe the fact that they aren't the best team. They're not They're not supposed to win. The past two years... They don't have the pressure. Right. The past two years, they were supposed to win it all. Everyone was saying they're the best team. They're going to predict or even go back to, like, Three of the last four years, they they were the best team. They're going to win it all, and they haven't. So without the without that pressure, maybe they just I don't I don't want to say sneak under the radar because obviously they're a top team in, in the league. But you know, I don't know. Maybe they just don't feel that pressure in the locker room. I maybe they probably feel local pressure, maybe not nationally so much. Sure. It's it's easier to play with something to prove than it is for something to live up to. I would say. I think half the Caps roster has something to prove. That's a good way to put you know, this isn't like Victor Kozlov, you know, sailing off into the sunset at the end of his career where no one cares because he's still going to be on the roster. Right. These are guys in their prime that are trying to make a name for himself. 
uh, Gersich, he was, what, at North Dakota a couple months ago. Now he's in the NHL. Don't you think he wants to prove that he belongs, which, by the way, I don't think he does. But he might get a game or two, <laughs> yeah. um, just depending on what kind of style the Caps are going for. Thomas, answer your own question. Yeah. We got this. Okay. Believe Tom. Tom is not convinced. No. It, it, there's going to be a breakthrough. Ducks fly together, Tom. <laughs> they fly together. Okay, can if you I point can to the I, rules? Can, I swear to God, I'm not pointing to the rules. <laughs> can I can I be Tom for a second? Sure. Be Tom. Can I just be myself? Let's say the the usual happens. We don't go. We don't get past the second round. We lose in another game seven. It's something that's so debilitating. Everyone's sad for months and months and months. What do you do now? Because I, I have said time and time and time again, you know, if this continues to happen, what, what's what's the point? Like you just said, Matt. I mean, right? What, Is Barry Trotz's job on the line? That's a good question. For the longest time, well, yes and no. I mean, are you going to fire a coach that just won you the division championship? It's it's been done before. The Yankees just. Didn't bring back um, it, Girardi. Joe Girardi. They yeah. were one game away from the World Series. It happens all the time. So if the Caps go out in round one, I would bet there's going to be a lot of talk that Barry Trotz may not come back this year. Because even last year, I think there might have been talk after Toronto won a game that, hey, what, what's going on here with the coaching staff? And that's something that Trotz has been known for in his, throughout his whole coaching career. Is he, He's he, like the Marty Schottenheimer of the NHL. He's a very good regular season head coach. Something is happening or maybe something is not happening once his teams get to the playoffs. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the old style you know, old school coaching mantra where you see all these new guys coming in, hacking the system, using advanced stats, things of that nature. And, and, and Trotz is maybe caught behind the, at the eight ball on that a little bit. Great. Another dusty Baker. Oh, top. Yep, <laughs> I knew you were thinking, yep. I saw the wheels turning. Yep. I knew you were thinking it was great. Another dusty Baker. <laughs> uh, so I, I said this last year, I'm sorry, Bob. It, it, I've been waiting. I mean, if they continue to have this, these playoff failures, Blow the team up. Rebuild. Whatever you're doing is not working. So you Start would sacrifice over. going back to mediocrity and not making the playoffs. Yeah, I'd year. rather be really bad than just okay. I don't think we're just okay, I though. I mean, I'd rather be really bad than good. See, I think we're. I still think we're a top five team in the league. Oh, you, the other you, thing, too. Back stats to my, would prove that, but the other, our the playoffs are 10-year sample size. We have... We have Sorry, the other thing too, back to my point about there's no pressure. I mean, there's no expectations. The Caps weren't supposed to be this good this year. The Caps weren't well, supposed weren't. to win the division. No, they, they weren't. They yeah. picked them to miss the playoffs, and yeah. here they are winning the division and going to host the at least the first two rounds of the playoffs if they make it that far. Wow. So, I mean, like to your point of blowing them up, like. I'm not saying this was a blown up team, but I mean, who are you going to blow up? Like, who is not going to be coming back? Ovechkin is locked up. Backstrom's locked up. TJ Oshie. The the entire top six, for the most part, you're going to be blowing up guys that are in like their third year of their entry level contract. So, I, I'm not. I mean, John Carlson's a UFA. He's going to be commanding top dollar. Yep. The dude leads the league in points for a defenseman. He's definitely going to be getting between six and a quarter to, to maybe even seven million if. If Shatten Shatten poop up in New York is, is getting six and a half, um, that's kind of the the comp for John Carlson. I, I think I've seen that seven is like the base for what yeah, he's going to get. So well, so seven. And I higher. feel like it's. I don't think it's that drastic. 
I honestly, I, I, I know I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here, but it's aggressiveness on defense. Yeah. And getting a coach that can tell superstars to get the fuck off the ice. I'm, I'm with you, Porter. You've, you've been on for 45 seconds to a, to a minute. You're done. Get off. Figure a way out. Change, change the line. Get fresh legs out on there. Rotating constantly. You have that ability of like you have this entire roster of professional players. Every time doesn't need to be your A game when you have a, you know, this penalty kill, the, the third penalty kill in one period, and they're going out after they just stretched for a minute and a half, and they're going out for another minute. Like it's those, those are dumb coach decisions. You shouldn't be doing that to your players. You should be having the experience with everybody else and getting line changes within those penalty kills. You should be able to have you know defensemen that understand get people off the crease, attack on both sides, run to the to the boards, and get on your line when the puck goes around the net and stop fucking just letting it go all the way back. And taking the trying to take the icing, like just little shit like that. I see that stuff, and it just it immediately I hear my old hockey coach just yelling at me at the top of his lungs. That's 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 my two things on it. Yeah. It's like change change those two things, and honestly, they have everything else. They got goalies, they've got power, uh, they've got speed, they've got accuracy. They just they need to be more aggressive on defense, and they need to change a hell of a lot more than they already do. And to the point, I, I think I tweeted the other night, like. Um, Getting a fresh out. I mean, we don't need OV playing ridiculous minutes in the playoffs. We don't need TJ Oshie playing ridiculous minutes in the playoffs because, especially guys with like Burke Hoskins coming on as of late. I think I tweeted time because yeah. he made that silly goal, just goal of the year. Yeah, yeah. It was just incredible. And I was like, you know, could you imagine if you know he plays like we all expect him to play early on in his career and becomes a threat out there? Like every time he's on the ice, now that's another guy they have to worry about who's kind of who's nets off like where yep. he can just make anything happen at any time. I mean that's a huge point. I mean this team's yeah. got depth, so that's I think Porter has a, has a great point. Where continue rotation, get it, in and out, in and out. Is, is that faster, to, is that more agile? Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's the coach is saying. Get off, like controlling your line changes. That is very much the coach's job. And you, you're having faster, more agile, rested players. You will always play better, right? Than the ones who are not. And if you're dog tired and you're staying on the ice longer, and everyone else isn't and they're attacking you and they're aggressive and they're coming and getting in your face and blocking passes that you're getting lazy with and trying to shoot across the ice yeah. that's when you create opportunities and that's when you create uh, breakaways that's when you create good lead, garbage good defense leads to great offense motherfucker I did have one last question I know so you're predi- you two have predicted Stanley Cups yeah so why, why, why not Cup. Matt, your um, prediction I'm going conference finals. Okay. I'll, I'll, I would take that. Okay. Um, I'm going to go game seven loss in round two. Um, <laughs> Shocker. Sh- yeah. Upset special right there. So is, la- last question about this, and I, I wanted to ask it earlier, and I, I, I forgot, so my apologies. Is there an X factor on this team, meaning if this guy plays well, we win? It could be Grubauer. Let, could I it mean, not I, be? I know I, that's – yes, I would say that's – I, would I say think that's an X factor in terms of like he – you know, it was supposed to be Braden Hopi. Yeah. He kind of came on, you know. And well, you're looking for more of like a mantra I, or I like say, a player. So I, I know much more about basketball. And there was this really, really interesting statistic last year when Markeith Morris played well, the Wizards won. Yeah. Where, I mean, you knew what you're going to get out yeah. of John Wall because he's an all-star. You knew what you're going to get out of Beal because he's also an all-star. But when you had a third, when you had Markeith Morris playing defense, rebounding, this team won. Yeah. Is there a guy on the caps? I mean, excluding Alex Ovechkin, yeah, he's the best the, player. The, the, excluding Grubauer because you obviously need a good goal, good goal, good, ugh, a good goaltender in playoff hockey. Is there a guy on this team that okay, if you know Kutsi plays really well, we win? 
Yeah, I, I think you really have to look at the secondary st- scoring. I think Backstrom, Ovechkin, that's nothing to worry about. But guys like Burakovsky, even Kuznetsov, who is a flat-out superstar, mm-hmm. and even TJ Oshie, these guys are known to disappear at long periods of time. TJ Oshie... Backstrom in particular... Backstrom has has in the past. That's yeah, right. my dad has a huge grudge against Nicholas Backstrom because <laughs> yeah. he does not show up in the postseason. I I'd agree Oshie, with that. Oshie's pretty flighty too. I think that's where I was going with Oshie. Just to whip out another stat is he he went a stretch of forty two games. Remember, season is eighty two. He went forty two games with two goals. Wow, forty two games, two goals. Yeah. You're, you're paying him. That's a lot of money. You're paying him six million dollars a year, five point seven five million a year. So, uh, Burkowski, to his credit, in the regular season, he might. Um, you disappear, you know, pull his disappearing act in the postseason last year, three goals in 12 games, not, not terrible, but you got to have that secondary scoring to help out when Ovechkin is not going to be playing, you know, 24 minutes and, you know, everyone's not relying on Ovechkin. It's got to be the secondary guys. So you're saying, I guess, Burakovsky, Kuznetsov, one of those? Yeah, because in the past, I mean, the Capitals' third and fourth lines were not out there. You had Matt Hendricks. You had Jason Chimera, who maybe had a fluke season where he dropped, like, 20 or more goals. I loved him. In 2008, you had Donald Brashear on the fourth line. Yep. Um, How? uh, What's his face? He went to San Jose. Or, no, the Predators. Oh, uh, to, uh, Ward. no, Ward, Joel Ward, Joel Ward. Joel he Ward. was the next factor. Y- yeah, I mean that's the that's the type of player you want. Guys that can do the dirty work, get it done in front of the net. Yeah, and that's how you win the pl- in the playoffs. Yep, for sure. Porter, do you got one? Or I, I wouldn't say that anyone in particular is going to bring anybody up. I think that uh, the unit cohesion that they have is really good. Um, I like a lot of their after game uh, commentary and, and how they talk about each other. I mean, it's kind of par for the course in any. Hockey in particular is, is always, you know, very polite. They're mostly Canadians. But um, <laughs> I I think that they definitely feed off of each other's own success. And when they start running, they really just, like, go full sprint, you know, when they start getting on a tear. So, I mean, it, it's it's going to take everybody, to be honest with you. I think, like, everyone's going to be pulling, uh, putting in for that. And it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an answer for you, to be honest. Bob? You got one? Well, mine was Grubauer in in the sense that, you know, I, I, I think Holpe's gonna start the game start the playoffs, but if called upon if needed and Grubauer has to carry this team and he does, I think that's unexpected in the sense that because I'm I'm expecting him not to start the playoffs. Sure. Um I think whatever everyone just said was I, I would agree with. Well, I'm gonna since it came up organically and it reminded me, I'm gonna go actually with Backstrom. Um, and guys like that because, you know, we were just – they do disappear. You know, we don't see them. How many times have we seen Ovechkin have to carry this team through the playoffs? Like, he shows up. Uh, the other guys don't. I think Oshie two years ago had, like, a hat trick in one game against the Penguins. Yes, he did. But then that's – I think that might be that about it, it since yeah. then. So, Oshie needs to show up. I mean, one – my X Factor is going to be one other superstar besides Ovechkin is going to have to dominate. Not dominate, but be really, really good. Be – Regular season superstar-esque, you know, like can't chip in a goal every now and then, but like has to be a force to be reckoned with. So that really opens up the ice. So they can't, because what what's the, what have we seen other teams do to defend us? Don't let Ovechkin beat us. Yep. Let someone else beat us and no one's been able to do it. So True. someone else has to be that other person to beat them. That's not Ovi. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. 
Tom Wilson has played surprisingly well. I know you said superstar in there. I'm not trying to include Tom Wilson in the same sentence as that, but homeboy doubled his offensive production this year. I think teams are going to be pretty surprised that the dude has has a nice little ripper to him. Too. Yeah, he's more than just a fighter. I love Tom Wilson. I've been a I've been admittedly a Tom Wilson hater, but he has proved me wrong, and I hope he continue, continues to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, God, I'm nervous. That was a solid hour of caps talk, man. Yeah. I, I kind of got jacked up, though. I know you're nervous. I was nervous coming into tonight. <laughs> like, oh, crap. It's like, this is, I was talking, telling my, my parents before I left like to come here. I was like, this is going to be a bummer, I think, because <laughs> like, we're all just expecting. But now I'm a little, a little pumped. I'm ready to go. I'm excited to see who we play in the Shocker. first round. Okay. Yeah, they, they sucked me right back in. Right. So we're going to do our rapid-fire questions. You son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. Biggest news of the day. Oh, my effing Lord. <laughs> this is unbelievable. He's never going away. Did something happen in football? Something happened. I 40 miles out away. loud at my desk. <laughs> oh, I did too. I was like, you've got to be shitting I me. literally, because I, I, I was, wa- I, you know, I watch Twitter basically for a living, and I yeah. had a tweet deck up, and I, it was the first thing I saw come up, and I, I literally go, oh, my fucking God, <laughs> <laughs> out loud. Robert Griffin is a Baltimore Raven. Ladies and gentlemen, have it fun, is, Nicholas Umo. It is April 3rd. It is April 3rd. This is not a drill. RG, me, me, me. That's what I'm going to call him from now on because he's all about himself. RG, me, me, me. Um, me, me, on, me. He's going to back up Joe Flacco. One-year mm-hmm. deal. I haven't seen any numbers yet in terms of how much money he's going to be making. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's going to be a minimum deal. What? So my question I posed to a Ravens fan, and he answered immediately, would you take Kaepernick or RG3 if you're getting to pick? I'm taking Kaepernick. But I'm guessing RG3 was just cheaper, right? That and had to be the case. It comes with less media scrutiny. Scrutiny? But or he still attention. comes with a lot of media. He does. He does. Are you going to sell mean, more tickets with RG3 who's like still selling jerseys or Kaepernick? Also, weren't um, – what? I don't know. Didn't I think some with, Ravens players like Neil and ticket sales plummeted for the Ravens because yep. a bunch of those old Baltimore – they like their red, right, and blue American flags, yeah. and their uh, crab cakes. They like crab cakes. Too. Yeah, East East Port City guys. Um, so yeah, that was. Pff, he's gonna start one game for them. I'm, I'm calling it right now. He's gonna start at least one. Something's gonna happen to Flacco. He's gonna start one game, and it's gonna be a show. It's the biggest. You know, it's still a part of me, and I I, I was talking about it today earlier. Is I, I don't question the guy's physical skill set. Even I do. if I mean, okay, but oh, his health at least. Yeah, sure, but I mean he. He's got I, a great I question arm. his he's, knees. He's a great athlete. Of course, I, I question his his health. But I mean, if he's right, uh, it's not it, physic, physically. That's not the issue. It's me, the mental side of the game that really he could not figure out. He could not figure out how to play, be a professional quarterback. I mean, they, look what Gruden had to do in his first year there. He had to simplify that offense to elementary levels, and Griffin could still not go through reads. So on, and, you know, he's a track star that like plays that. quarterback. Yeah. He's a track star. That plays quarterback. He's pretty good at it in uh, 2012 there. Yeah, he was phenomenal. I, no, I will never take 2012 away from him. He's also a terrible person, by the way. Cheating on his wife. Um, so much for Jesus and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he's got any of that 2012 power left? No. Because to those he trees. has no legs. He has no legs. No legs. Uh, I, I will say, if, if, if someone can figure him out, if he can figure it out mentally... Uh, Half of his Maybe attraction, game left. half of his half of his appeal is that he can run. He can't run anymore. He he is one hit, and it's kind of ironic that he's going to the Ravens because the Ravens are the one that initially broke him. Halodi Nada yeah. knocked him out in that game that Kirk Cousins ended up winning. 
I'm sure we should have let Kirk go. Um, but I, I just he he doesn't have half his appeal. I mean, yes, he's a freak athlete, but that's all he is. He's just an athlete. He's not a football player. Did you see that meme of uh, him photoshopped in front of um, uh, the Ravens stadium in a Ravens jersey from when he was down and he got uh, injured oh. the first time? It's no. like this just in RG three injured on his way into pra- on a first day of practice. <laughs> So I hear a lot of vitriol that you have towards RG three, Bobby. Is that- <laughs> I was I I was one of the the mass in the masses calling him R Jesus. I was I have his I still have his jersey from his rookie year. I, that rookie year was probably the best season of that was Redskins most fun football I've ever, I've I've ever, ever had. Yep. And I'm, I I was never mad at him for being hurt. I was never mad at him for you know not playing well or not getting acclimated because it just came to the point where like one you can't stay healthy two you're not really a football player you're a track star but then the whole his whole off the field stuff yes. oh my god when even off the field everything with him and snyder was infuriating well, but not even that but like his personal stuff like what you know his family all when all that came to light i'm like oh you, yeah. and because because it stems from when he got here and all through college he was like oh, i'm a military man i'm a god man i'm a god-fearing man you know i'm all about my faith I'm, about my, I'm all about my family you know i'm all about this team whatever i want to do and then it's like you're full of crap dude no F off. It was very disingenuous. Yeah. At the same time, I, I he I, lied to me. That's why I don't I, like him. I'm not mad at him because I think it, if you want to make like a pie chart of who's to blame for RG3's demise, and he's certainly at fault for a lot of that. A lot of it at, at fault is, you know, Mike Shanahan yep. and what happened in that playoff game. I mean, he was never shouldn't the even, same even been in there. after that knee injury. And, um, you know, there are a lot of people are at fault. He couldn't make, he couldn't make the proper uh, adjustments. You know, to me, I think I don't have any hatred towards the guy and really that that changed for me when he was benched in 2015 and he took it in stride never complained once seemed appeared to be a good teammate appeared. even with that happening as a Heisen Trophy winner rookie of the year you know took the league by storm within and, and you know, there were weeks. there were players that came to his defense they, yeah. you know they said hey he's he's been great the whole time and even guys today who are tweeting at him you know congratulations sure. um but you know I we'll I, see I'm off the train yeah, no, I'll definitely pay attention, but I'm off the train. Yeah. It just kind of sucks that <laughs> right when we thought we were out of it because we talked RG3, Kirk Cousins, and then Kirk Cousins is gone. And we got Alex Smith. All right, we're out of it. And now he's right back in the area. Sucks you back in. Sucks. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable how that works out. Surprise? No. Not <laughs> at all. Um, next question. Uh, Wiz fell in the playoff format. They're now the seventh seed. If the playoffs started today, that would be the Celtics. Are the Wizards tanking on purpose to avoid LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers? Mini tanking. No. No, but good for them. <laughs> I do not want to play LeBron. I'd much rather play Toronto or Boston. Um, the, they're going to lose anyways because this team has no leadership, can't play defense, their front court is terrible. I hate Ernie Grunfeld more than anything in the world. Playoff preview next week, guys. Yeah. We're going to get back up back or now. Yeah, hopefully. Cool. Um, third question. NCAA championship game, Villanova won. Um, TV ratings came out. Who won, Bobby? Porter did. That's what? why I'm shaking his hand. He and Nova, I had Michigan. Whoever won that <laughs> game was going to be the winner. You won again? <laughs> I think Becca finished second. Oh, Por- my God. Porter swept. Porter swept. Pick them. Yeah. PMIC Fantasy Football, March Madness, and what else? Was there only three? Yeah, I think it was three. Yep. Porter swept all three. Jesus Christ, How is Ian dude. not here for this? Yeah, yeah. Do you want your belt? It's over there. It is. I have I have my own belt. I, I mean, I guess it can be dual purpose. I said I wasn't going to be a dick. I'm not going to be a dick, but it's pretty fucking cool. 
winning off the field? Just saying. Um, so doing great. About that championship game, and of course my computer freezes, um, the TV ratings came back. It was the lowest in tournament history. <laughs> 10.3. <laughs> That's um, pretty funny. I, I, I think in tournament history or championship game history? Championship game history. Oh, okay. I'm say, geez. Um, I guess that's probably the same. I, I This doesn't surprise me. Um, I have been critical over college basketball over the number of years. I think a number of adjustments need to be made. Um, I think it would, they made a good start by reducing the shot clock from 35 seconds to 30. I, so I think it should be even lower to even more or increase the fouls. I just I, I just feel like the the style of play when it's at its best, it's unbelievable to watch. But to me, I, I feel like it's just boring. And I feel like the one-and-done program is tarnishing this game because every single year, we fans of the sport have to start over, okay, who's this guy? And then he's going to be at the NBA in six months, so who cares? And we got to learn about someone else new. You know, in order to you know, fall in love with the team, you see the same guys over and over again. And I just feel like college basketball has to figure something out because they are – I would say they're 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 losing. They're on the on a downward trend. Yeah, the whole system is is broken. I mean, mm -hmm. back in the day, Duke versus UNC used to mean something. You think you think Zion cares about UNC at all? You think RJ Barrett is like invested in the Duke yeah. UNC rivalry? Those are the top two recruits coming in. Yeah, coming year. in coming into Duke who are eventually gonna make their way into the NBA most likely. These these guys don't care about that. Yeah, and I mean, for example, I watch the. It's always on ESPN whenever it's on. I watch it. Um, the Fab Five documentary. They were there for three years. Yeah, you don't see teams hang on to like you know major um, programs hang on to the same players year after year. It's one and done. not just it's, same same players, but same superstars. Yeah, college basketball needs to figure this out. Whether they need to up the um, NBA requirement where they need to be in college two to three years, or they just get rid of the one and dones and, and create some other some kind of minor league G League system or, or well, or people something. are yeah, the G League is too good for you know it's getting it's becoming a better option because homeboy that was going to go to Syracuse and is now yeah. skipping Syracuse to go to the G League and we mm -hmm. saw Brandon Jennings a few years yeah. back go to what Italy Italy make a ton you can make a lot of money yeah you can live like, like a king out there exactly so I I, I don't would. I don't know what the solution is everything is geared against the player which is the the root of the problem yeah I think there's also things to the actual game that could be changed. And I think that Jay Bills talks about this all the time on yep. ESPN. You move the three-point line back, yep. allow them to advance the ball out of a timeout. Lower the shot clock. Lower the shot clock. I, I don't know if I'm fully on board with um, player fouls. Player fouls because I think there's that becomes a tactical thing because I think like when you get a, their best player has four fouls, that's, you know – you know, it's strategy. Go after him. Make him foul out. I mean, sure. you add, a, add a foul. Yes, you want the best players playing at all times, but I think that's kind of playing with the tactical. I guess you could say advancing the ball is, is I, the I same. I think the referees need to figure something out because I'm so sick it's and tired of watching touch foul after touch foul after touch foul after touch foul. It's just, it's just, it's annoying to me. It's frustrating. I feel like it's um, enabled flopping and just, just so many free throws, and uh, that's. Yeah, that's not what college basketball was about. It was you know teamwork at its essence, yep. and it's yep. uh, they're in trouble. Um, I hope they can figure something out. Was that three or four? That was three. Last question, most important question of the night, and that question is for Matt. Mm. Oh, hot seat is a burger, a sandwich. Oh, I feel like the room is divided on this one. It is. Is a burger a sandwich? Yes. Well, I mean, it is two pieces of bread. Um, 
Well, I, I, I'm thinking aloud. I, usually, I get the is a hot dog a sandwich? Yep. Which is obviously not. This Correct. is where this stemmed from. So Correct. the origin um, of this question, probably almost a year ago no, to no, today. He hasn't given his answer yet. Okay, fine. Sorry. Sorry, Matt. Continue. Okay. Is, <laughs> I was trying to give. All right. <laughs> I was trying to give him yeah, backstory on, to why we're asking him this question. I mean, you're trying to stack the deck you, is what you're doing. I'm doing. I was like, yeah. I mean, it's it's two pieces of bread. It's a sandwich. Boom shakalaka! What the hell is going on, Porter? Don't worry. Hey, Bob. I wasn't able to do it this week, but next week there will be uh, folks? a much more planned, oh, put together debate. Wee. Will you stop pushing oh, buttons? Wee. I can't. I won. <laughs> it, it, that, that being said, if someone pointed to a hamburger and said, "Hey, look at that sandwich," I would think that person might be insane. But it, like, it's it's two pieces of bread. I'm not I'm not backing down from my answer. No, because no, it's the correct answer. Thank you, no. Matt. We should, uh, Bashik had a good idea. We should uh, uh, call up restaurants and order food and ask them, hey, can you give me, uh, I'd like to order a, a beef sandwich. <laughs> a ground a ground beef, you mean a. But that can make it, that can mean a steak and cheese. No, it couldn't. Yes, it could, because steak a is ground, beef. A ground beef sandwich. Okay. And what would, what would it come could back as? Could also be a sloppy what, what, Joe. Yeah, what could it come back as? Yeah, it could be a sloppy Joe. And it'd be like, sir, do you mean a burger? The whole point is that, that a would, burger is a You think that would be the comeback that they would say? You mean, sir, are you confused? You've you also made burger? the argument that like, if you said, can I have a hamburger sandwich to a waiter, like they wouldn't know what you're talking about. So I guess they would. They would know I didn't exactly. say that. Someone has made that argument before, and that's that's that not me. true. That wasn't me. Okay. Well, you're wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Matt, thank you so much for joining. I mean, yeah, that was thanks for coming. That yeah, was easily the best hour of Caps talk we've By ever far. had. The best Caps conversation. It kind of sucked that Ian wasn't here, um, but um, thank you so much. We'll definitely have you on should the Caps win the cup, but definitely in the oh. future to talk way more Caps yeah, because we, that was a lot of fun. Hey Tom, how, was, how about the third round? I come back. You know the the third round. Third round. Okay. Yeah. Deal. You, you think you can book just, me for the third? Just, round? Just, like we, so we could do that if we. Face. Yes. <laughs> Which the third round? I will gladly eat. The crow. third round exists. This is a thing that exists in the world. Third so. round. I know this happening. is like I'm saying words and they're not making any sense. Happening, Captain. No. <laughs> oh my God! And if the Wizards and Caps play it at the same time, at, I with the Nationals, a DC trifecta. Uh, uh, you can follow Matt. At Matt Layton on Twitter and Instagram. At the Matt Layton. The Matt Layton. Sorry. And at the Matt Layton. Your YouTube channel is what? YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash the Matt Layton. L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. Sick real estate vlogs. Um, thank nice. you so much. As for us, the foursome, put me in coach podcast at PMIC on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, SoundCloud, Apple Play, Google, oh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Like, subscribe, share. Let us know what you think. Spread the word. Um, we love hearing back from uh, listeners and fans. Um, um, again, thanks to Matt. Yeah. The more we'll you share, back. the more you like, the more people listen to us, the the better it gets. We'll be back next week with our Wizards playoff preview, talking hoops next so week. So much fear. Tom is shaking in his little boots. Four-time Natalie Greg Reporter and our guest Matt Layden. I'm Bobby Blanco. Have a good one, boys. Night. This has been Put Me In Coach Podcast.